Welcome everyone to our resource YYC podcast today. Today, our co-founder Ron will be speaking with Kim Westland and they will be talking about consulting. So if you're not aware, Resource YYC is a co-working space for professionals. We have private office spaces, dedicated desks, virtual office options, and drop-in options. If you ever need a place to work, come check us out. Over to you, Rod. Good. Thanks, Rosemary. And first of all, my computer has some sort of virus and has turned my Flames jersey into an Euler orange, which is throwing me right off today. And... <laughs> And even worse, uh, Kim's sweater is exactly Oilers orange. So, uh, and she's got Gretzky in the background. So, so yeah. in the middle of Battle, Alberta. Um, so we'll see how this podcast goes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm throwing off already. So uh, anyways, but to get back on track. Yeah. Thanks, Rosemary. And encourage anybody to come down to co-working space resource YYC. Um, you know, this podcast, uh, for those uh, those who join in live or uh, or are listening on the podcast, uh, we really are, uh, purposes, purpose of our podcast really help build community um, around professionals. Uh, we like to talk to professional consultants. Uh, within our co-working space, we have a lot of uh, co- uh, professionals who are working here and consulting. So, so we like to build community, build connections. Um, I'm also a uh, consultant as well. So selfishly speaking, I get to learn lots from some pretty cool people. And uh, so today, welcome Oilers fan, uh, Kim Westland. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Well, I'm honored to be wearing Oilers colors. I don't think it might go over that well in Calgary. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that I have worked with over the years are probably going, what? Oilers fan? But yeah, that's what happens when you grow up in Red Deer. And you're sitting on the, you know, the, the neutral ground between Edmonton and Calgary. You got to, you got to pick your team early. So unfortunately that's just kind of what happened there. You picked early and you picked wrong and I can hear you, but I can't see you actually at all. I can't oh. see all that Oilers stuff. Really? Blanked it out. <laughs> well, we got lots of jerseys here celebrating Gretzky, McDavid, you name it. We got it all. So, hey, and so Kim, you're pretty well known in Calgary, You've been an entrepreneur, speaker, a moderator, um, you and I have known each other quite a, quite a while, and you are founder of Channel One Productions, Inc., and um, host of two podcasts, the Business B-Side and Channel One Stories podcast. Um, you're also a certified uh, uh, flourishing master's coach. Um, and you focus on the power of storytelling. So today we want to talk about stories. We want to talk a bit about your consulting career, but we do want to actually spend some time to talk about storytelling because I think that's pretty important, mm-hmm. not only to your consulting, but really in a lot of entrepreneurs and, and just businesses in general, uh, storytelling. So, and you know, prior, so I've known you for a while, but yeah. you've been, you've had a journey uh, um, that's taken you through not-for-profits and and um, theater media banking and you have a lot of diverse background that's really going to uh, really has contributed to your cons- consulting so lots of things to uh, kind of uncover in a half an hour and and I think you and I chatted a bit earlier um, your journey has really informed where you ended up as a consultant so uh, so I'm looking forward to our chat today. 
Yeah, I am too. Absolutely. We could take this in a number of different directions, like you said, but uh, yeah, I've known you for many years, Ron, and, uh, and story's always been a part of our conversation as well. So looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that'd be great. And so, so um, maybe, maybe that I just, you know, without getting into the, some of the company names, um, but that I, that I didn't, sorry, I didn't list, but do you mind maybe just walking through us a bit of your just really quickly, a bit of your career uh, journey that kind of got you up to the consulting there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just for the sake of time, I certainly won't get too detailed, but to give you a kind of the span of the last 30 or so years, I actually started off, um, surprisingly enough, as a fine artist. Uh, many years ago, I spent five years, I don't even know if you knew that, Ron, yeah. spent five years in uh, post-secondary studying photography and yeah. art and welded sculpture even. So uh, so that was kind of an interesting start. But as I uh, kind of moved away from that as employment, so to speak, mm. I got into the theater business. So the, the mm. performing arts theater, and I ended up spending about 20 years in, uh, in different leadership roles in that space. So the most recent that I had um, spent some time at was the Jubilee Auditorium here in Calgary. And I actually was there for about 10 years and I loved it. I worked with a really large staff there. I was working with staff development and processes and systems and, and just people development. And it was just such a wonderful opportunity. And I realized at that time how much I really enjoyed it. And uh, I didn't know how much until I had to manage about 80 staff. And there was a lot of juggling, but somehow uh, it, it just, I rose to the occasion. And, uh, and I and had reinvented. And that was yeah. the facilities and the programming and yeah, the front of house operations actually yeah. Okay. Yeah. was what I was managing. So all the, so as pro, as, and sorry, not to get into details, but, but all the, as the events came through, you really front of house is all the people that come through, like the audience. Yes. Yeah. yeah cool. All the customer service yeah. on the front end. So that would be products, um, services, experiences, events, yeah. all that kind of stuff and kind of how it correlates to back of house as well. So the stage production. Yeah, so it was just a wonderful, wonderful job for me at the time. And, uh, and I did reinvent myself numerous times in that role. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then one day, I just didn't love it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it really surprised me. And it took me about a year to kind of come to terms with that. What, what's going on here? And I think I just got bored. And, uh, and through this process, we ended up getting a new executive director. And with that came a new direction for the theater. And then I actually ended up losing my job uh, through that process. So very unexpected, uh, but it all kind of worked together because I was, I was not feeling like I was supposed to be there anymore. So I actually moved on. Yeah. So it was shocking at the time. Uh, a lot of people in Calgary definitely can, well, a lot of people can relate. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. Calgary been a while. So, uh, so you had a chance to do a career change. A massive career change. Mm -hmm. And, and, and at the time, I just want to throw in, I was a single parent at the time. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of pressure all of a yeah. sudden, just even financially, everything, but I, there was just really something tugging at me to do something different and explore new avenues. So I ended up through some, I actually had applied for, I think a handful of jobs, just, yeah. just randomly. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. 
And I ended up at Post Media and the Calgary Herald. And I didn't even realize this is what I had applied for, but I ended up in this role. And I got to take over, actually start the program here in Calgary called Capital Ideas. And I know, Ron, you remember yeah. uh, that, that, um, that job that I had and that opportunity. It was so far removed from what I had done in my past. And I actually had ended up being in this role and just scared out of my wits. <laughs> I was so terrified because I was so not prepared or even skilled Mm -hmm. to do this job. So right out of the gate, I was asked to moderate panel discussions, interview people, find pe business people for these panel discussions. And then we were going to um, put these conversations into the Herald, like curate it for the Herald. I mean, you couldn't have asked, it would be like, well, go and speak another language right out of the gate. I mean, I had new, no idea what I was doing. And I probably spent a year just, just terrified. I, I've cried many days <laughs> going to work, but I'll tell you on the other side of that, I, I realized what a gift that was mm -hmm. that I was thrown into a situation where I was so uncomfortable and so out of my element. It was so humbling at the time. And I just remember thinking back that what an opportunity to learn new skills and to to actually have to face my fear and have to show up brave every single day at my work. And as hard as that was, I look back and I think it would have never put me on the path I'm in today had I not just worked through that tough time of starting a new career path. So it, it was challenging. I mean, I was half the pay, half, you know, it just, it was so many challenges that I went through. Well, and a bit, you, you were kind of at minimum an entrepreneur because part yes. of that role you basically had to create your own business like capital ideas was your business from scratch correct like, absolutely yeah. yes and and i know that was so so i attended quite a few and for one is if you're scared you did a great job um well thanks for the vote there, of confidence there were great sessions and some real actually a lot brought a lot of different entrepreneurs and people together and two things so one is you actually it I, I, you know, we'll talk about this, but it probably prepped you a lot for consulting because you had to do a lot of that entrepreneurial work on your own, drive your own yeah. business and find people um, and definitely storytelling. Because if that's what I remember about um, Capital Ideas was listening to panel sessions and then mm -hmm. reading in the papers some really cool stories about people doing some pretty interesting things. So, yeah. so at the time, did you, did you see that as storytelling or what did no, I really didn't. But yeah. I'll tell you what just came to mind as you said all of that yeah. in interviewing all of these interesting people. I really learned the art of listening yeah. back then. And it has served me very well. I think that's in a lot of ways, maybe a little bit of a lost art for many. Mm -hmm. And I think it it's something that is absolutely needed in business today. I think there's, I mean, there's five stages of listening. I, I actually teach a little bit of this, yeah. but but the, the art of empathetic listening, yeah. truly deep listening, it was a game changer for me in that role because I heard things that, yeah. um, that I was able to dig in and pull out because of that deep listening skill. And I think there was some people you interviewed that had never really talked about their businesses um, and some are family businesses. So even some of their family situations, uh, right. Um, 
until they were on those panels. I, I suspect some of them after the panel sessions went, I can't even believe I said that in front of everybody. Um, yes. But it really was some pretty cool storytelling. So can I maybe just do, uh, is there anything that stood out uh, from those sessions? Any stories and, and, and memories from those, all those capital ideas sessions that uh, just, just have stood out and stuck with you? Yeah, boy, there's, there's a few, but I'll oh. say yeah. one of the first people on the panel was actually Andrew Chow, who co-founded Skip the Dishes. Oh. So, so I remember interviewing him when yeah. Skip the Dishes was really not much of anything. Like it was yeah. just getting going and it was very much local here in Calgary. Yeah. And talking about the the humble beginnings of that and the the great vision and look at it today. So that would have been probably six years ago. Mm -hmm. And I look at the growth and expansion to today. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, that that one definitely sticks out. Uh, And and also the story uh, we were talking about kind of crazy marketing ploys. And and I remember uh, Dan Boria talking about his, uh, and maybe some of you from Calgary, you'll remember this, but he flew over the stampede grounds in the oh. uh, lawn chair with the yes. balloons. Yes. And, uh, and that was just, I, I, all of us were just, you got, we all showed up to hear his story. So that was also a, a highlight for sure. That's awesome. And you found all those people, you just phoned them up and cold called and connections to find all those people. I did. Yeah. And, you know, as I moved along, uh, I found that just traction started to happen and people started to talk. And the, the, the really neat thing about capital ideas was in a two and a half year period, a, a culture was kind of born. It was almost like a bit of a following. Like we had waiting lists near the end of the program uh, that were, uh, you know, 100, 200 people on a waiting list uh, waiting to get into the Glenbow theater, which, which, was like 220 people capacity. So, you know, it was quite a, quite an interesting uh, track to the end of that. Of course, it was part of a media organization. So no matter how successful you are, uh, they're a big organization. So that came to an end. Funding came to an end. Yes. At the peak of our success. I know it was classic, right? Um, But you were just, no matter how, how good it was, uh, you're part of a big organization, but you're actually able to take some of that. So I would say this is part of your consulting journey ultimately, because you took some of that and became a bit of an internal consultant uh, at ATB after that, correct? Like you ran it, worked with a program yeah. in ATB. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's really interesting. I, yeah. I never underestimated the journey that I was yeah. on and the doors that opened. So yeah. Because ATB at the time was a major sponsor of uh, Capital Ideas, I ended up being offered a role there. I never ever thought starting my career as a fine artist, would I ever work at a bank? I thought never shall the two meet, but you can never say never. (laughs) So yeah, I did end up working uh, at ATB in partnerships, community partnerships for a number of years. And I got to work around the province of Alberta Mm-hmm. Uh, consulting with entrepreneurs, business owners about their struggles, about their journeys, and really connecting them with some great resources. So I, I just, you know, kind of won the lottery, so to speak, in terms of the kind of career that I've had. Yeah. And how did you find, I'm curious, so working a lot with entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that would have been another thing. Well, I shouldn't say artists and fine arts aren't entrepreneurs because they're always struggling for funding, right? So there's that one similar thing, but how did you find, uh, what's the learning? So between Capital One and ATB, what was your, any big learnings from working with entrepreneurs or, or what, what are some of the things that were most impactful to, for you? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this right back to story. Yeah. Their stories. Their stories are what stood out to me. Their stories are what impacted me. Uh, they have, you know, there's, everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. And I think when you start hearing about the gritty struggle sometimes in how a business owner is able to get to where they are today and, and some of the, um, the craziness that goes on in that and some of the, um, the struggle that happens, it makes them relatable. People can actually look at a business owner and think, huh, you know, wow, the journey that they've had, I don't feel so alone. I don't feel like I'm the only one going through it. And I think sometimes entrepreneur, entrepreneurs feel very isolated and they feel like they're the only ones going through things. And it's just simply not true. But unfortunately, if you don't hear other people's struggle and story, you're not going to know that. So I found that to really stick out the most for me. You know, honestly, because I've been an entrepreneur, right? So attending for sure capital ideas, just hearing other people talk about their journey, mm -hmm. um, you know, and nobody ever talks about the tough times unless they're asked specifically, right? Yeah. Um, so, so part of that, um, part of that is very important to other entrepreneurs, just to, just to know exactly like you say. Um, in fact, some of the most successful, you know, this, some of the most successful companies out there, um, there was a period of time where they were on the bubble, whether they were even going to survive. Um, yeah. Not many people know that. Super important for other people to hear, right? Um, well, I exactly. Skip the dishes was had a few months. They were probably no different, right? So Exactly. And a lot of times we're seeing companies after they've overcome all of these things. Yeah. And so we don't understand they've kind of kind of popped up overnight, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? They just, yeah. oh, they've just arrived on the scene and they're just amazing and they're doing yeah. so well, but you don't know the years or the, you know, the time that they spent just slogging their way through failure. Yeah. And I, I don't know that there's any business owner I've talked to that doesn't have those stories of failure somewhere in their journey. So you are, when you left ATB, now you well, you have a bit of a story of your own and how you decided mm -hmm. to, to turn this into consulting, but uh, maybe, yeah. maybe let's talk about a bit about that. You, you end up leaving ATB and then yeah. you had to kind of now decide what you wanted to be and you turn that into your own consulting. So tell us a bit about that transition. Yeah. So pandemic, right? I'm just going to rewind a little bit, something we can all relate to and, and have all been through personally. And uh, it was March of last year, and it was a, a time where, you know, so many companies were struggling and, and, and getting through um, just really a lot of the unknown. And I ended up, my whole team ended up losing our jobs. Yeah. And so again, nothing I expected, but, but there was that thing that showed up again, where I was kind of knowing, and, mm -hmm. and I knew for a lot of years that I always knew I would be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, opportunity has shown up. Now I'm going to show up and this is, this is what I'm going to do. So it was an absolute blessing in disguise. 
that I was able to jump into my own business. And it's funny, I, um, I started off right away thinking that I was going to be a coach, a quote unquote coach, business coach, personal coach. And uh, as I was going through, I got like 10 certifications and it was fantastic training. And I actually, through those certifications, learned how to tell my own story. So it was, it was powerful. It was an amazing time of learning over the past year and, and some Um, But in that process, I also realized that I don't fit really the traditional Mm -hmm. model of coaching. And it took me a while. I was kind of, I think I was trying to shove myself into a box that I didn't fit in. And I'm sure there's others out there that probably have felt that way and feel that way about you kind of go down the road thinking it's going to look one way. And it ended up looking a completely different way. So what I had to, to figure out for myself was, what am I going to focus on in my business? What am I, what do I feel passionate enough about and, and called to do? And so story, there's two things, actually story being the primary story was the common thread mm-hmm. through all those certifications that I took and, and, and my work from the past. So that's why now I feel like all of my work experience has come to, to this time. And the other thing is creativity, believe it or not. I feel like I'm going back to my, my art yeah, roots. Yeah, no, of course I believe it. It's not or not. It only makes sense that after all that from your career, you pull back some of that. So, and what do you mean by creativity then? Well, I don't mean arts. Like I don't mean painting yeah. and, um, you know, being creative that way. Although I love that. Yeah. I mean, how to be creative in your business. So mm. I was just facilitating a creativity for entrepreneurs workshop. So I'm kind of marrying the idea of creativity and business. Mm-hmm. So go figure. I just actually connected the dots in my head here. Started off as a fine artist, worked all the way to a bank and everything I feel like in between. And now I'm bringing all that experience to business owners and workplaces and leaders because leaders I feel right now need to know how to be creative. Mm -hmm. Creativity is actually one of the top skills that CEOs and um, workplaces and teams are looking for right now. It used to be down the list. Like in 2015, I think they did a world economic forum, did a survey and it was listed at number 10. And it, in 2020, it actually floated up to number three. So, as a, so as a consultant, how do you help, how do you help make someone be creative? Well, uh, at the core of it, and I mean, there's lots of different things we talk yeah. about, but at the core of it, it's dealing with you first, yeah. what may be holding you back from being creative. So we really address some of the creative crushers that are out there. And there's lots of them. And I'll just, I'll just give you a hint. One of them is stress. Oh, and haven't we all kind of danced with stress over the last few Mm. years, just, just COVID alone. And uh, that, so we really dive into what may be blocking your creativity. Mm. And then we talk about characteristics of people who are flourishing creatives. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. So we dive into lots of different things, but I think sometimes people are really surprised yeah. at what may be holding them back and, and also their mindset. 
And if they've kind of created a narrative that they've picked up and, and formed along the way, that's actually stopping them from being creative. So do people, I mean, do you approach, do they approach you and say, I want to be more creative or do they approach you with a different problem and then you help bring creativity in as a solution? Yeah, well, I think we get foundational when it comes to creativity. So we talk about, you know, I think the basics, we start there and we try and understand, um, like I said, what may be holding them back from really diving into that creativity. And it's funny, some of the comments I've gotten are, well, I'm creative. I don't need a creative workshop. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I've had creatives show up and go, oh my gosh, this, I needed this. I actually thought I was creative, but if they're living in a a certain box Mm -hmm. saying I am creative already, then they're actually not expanding their territory for what else is out there. So it's for anybody. Oh, cool. I, and, and, um, you know, it's funny you say that because people, they, they even pre-consumption pre pre assumptions about themselves. Right. So it sounds like part of that whole conversation is just to break down those barriers. And, and so, so is that completely separate from your podcasting or do you tie them together? I so. do tie them together. So yeah. right now I'm really focused on this new podcast that I'm launching mm-hmm. um, called channel one stories podcast. And the whole idea behind that, um, that initiative is yeah. it's really for the person who's, who never saw themselves doing a podcast interview. Mm. So kind of like what you mentioned with capital ideas, we had so many people that came on and told their story for the very first time. And to me, those were the most impactful sometimes because they're just, they're raw. They're so real. They're so just like out of the box. And there's such a, a genuineness that shows up with sometimes with somebody that's never had the opportunity to really share on that level. So that this, this podcast is really about it's dedicated to, to everyday, impactful, motivational stories all around us. And, and I think right now our world needs this. We've, we've just dealt with so much negativity that we really need a good, positive, motivational story, but from everyday people. So how, how many podcasts have you done? Well, we're just about set to launch here. Oh, okay. So, so you're, it's out of the box. Have you, you've, so you can't say because you need people to watch, right? But you have a few yeah. in the can that are ready to go. Yeah. Well, I have been focused on my other podcast, yeah. which is the business B side. Okay. Yeah. So I that podcast. Know. Yeah. What, what is that one first? Then I want to go back to your new one. Sure. Out, so. Yeah. So the business B side has been around for a little less than a year now. Mm-hmm. And we've been focusing on telling the B sides of business owners. So if you're old enough to know what a B side is, as you say, I like the name, but I actually know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So I don't need to explain it to you, but maybe there's some listeners out there that don't know what a B side is, as they, I found out. Unless you're around for the last Battle of Alberta, uh, <laughs> if you're right. born then, you may not know. So good point. <laughs> yeah. What, it, well, what does it mean? Simply put, it's the B side of a vinyl record. So anybody used to listen to vinyl, I was a huge music fan back in the day, still am. But the B side, there was an A side and a B side. So when you flipped it over, listen to the B side, 
that was generally the, um, the, the deeper, more gutsy, edgy cut of the artist. It was, it was something that never really hit the charts, yeah. didn't really live on the top 40 list at all, but it was kind of the true, more truer, in my opinion, expression of the artist. So it kind of told the, the, the story behind the story of what, uh, they took a lot of risks with the B-side. So it's not too different than your stories podcast, other than it's very focused on stories of business. Yes. So the business B side, yeah, we do tell the B sides of the business owners themselves. And uh, I mean, there's lots of different avenues we take, but that that's the essence of that podcast. Whereas channel. Yeah. You're going to say channel one is a little more personal stories. Is it? uh, There is no limit. There is no limit. So it can go in any direction. I didn't want to put kind of a limit on this podcast because a story is a story is a story. And if somebody wants, you know, if I'm helping somebody, if I'm coaching somebody to tell their story and try and unpack it uh, in a way that they feel comfortable to tell it, mm-hmm. I don't want to limit what that story is going to be. So this podcast is a celebration of all of those stories. And I really see this as kind of a global initiative. I'm not looking for just local. I'm looking for this to span. I got a big vision here. Well, I, I, and it's only natural, right? Because it's those, well, one, you've been very successful in the Alberta area, but it's not, it's totally transferable, right? Everything you're going to talk about, unless you're doing a different language or something, but. Uh, yeah, that I might struggle a little bit with. Moses is in English, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. so that's exciting. So have you got any uptake from uh, outside of Alberta or interest? Yeah, well, uh, I have done outside of Alberta interviews mm-hmm. on the business B side. I just interviewed a gentleman the other day from Miami, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just I'm just set, almost set to uh, to release that. Um, there's a few in the states that I've done, so people are finding it, yeah. and I think appreciating the approach to the real and raw conversation. And so, with the Channel One Stories podcast, we're actually we're looking for a group of 10 individuals who want to kind of do a beta um, experience. We're calling it the channel one stories experience. So it's, it's what that looks like is coaching, helping me, uh, me helping them um, through a coaching process of, of unpacking their story. And then we schedule a podcast recording. And so we're just going to throw up the first 10 episodes yeah. And so, yeah, we've got a few people signed up already, but I'm looking for 10 total. So, well, that's awesome. So we'll put the word out and I, and I, you know, you kind of answered my question because I didn't say, by the time someone's told their story, is it make, I mean, obviously they can make a difference to people listening, but how much of a difference does it make to the person telling their story? Th- that's a great point. And uh, to me, it has uh, a dual effect. So yeah. Clearly the person listening is hearing somebody unpack their story and, and how important it is to, to do that because everybody has a unique approach. Like Ron, you have a story and nobody could tell your story. Like you can tell it. And so that's kind of the essence of that. But for the person telling the story mm-hmm. is like what I experienced when I first told my story, yeah. there was like a healing that happened. It was part of my healing journey from my story because I have a lot of parts of my story that I was very ashamed of and embarrassed about. And 
And, uh, and when I finally kind of worked through that and said it out loud, there yeah. was something that just freed me up to move to the next level. So and it's powerful way too, right? Yeah. Well, so, so you have a great story. <laughs> um, is it on a podcast? It Your is. Yeah. It is. It's on the business B-side podcast. There you go. Um, the first iteration, who knows? I'll probably do more, but that was part of the journey was to actually tell my story. And if I can just say, Ron, you and I sat at a Starbucks <laughs> a, a few years back and neither you or I had told our stories. And yeah. I remember saying <laughs> to you, even that's, this has got to be probably six, seven years ago now. Two years ago, yeah. And I remember saying, you need to tell your story. No, and you too. And you did. So there we go. So the onus is on me now. Sometimes <laughs> You did your part. So uh, I will uh, definitely, uh, now I, now it feels like I owe you, I owe the world my, my story since you did yours. You really um, do. And you have listened to, a, well, going back to how we started, you listened to a lot of people tell their stories um, and clearly it made a difference. It, made a difference telling your story so mm -hmm. so you you're not just you're doing what you you're doing what you coach um yeah. do you have any examples of other people along the way that have come back and said hey i told my story and then something changed in their lives after or going all the way back because because really the even the capital ideas was people telling their stories so so yeah. i'm curious if anybody's come back to you over the years and said you wouldn't believe it. Since I told that story, um, this has happened, right? So do you yeah. get any of that or have you followed up? Absolutely. So yeah. I've had numerous people on uh, Capital Ideas, if I can yeah. go back to that, yeah. who have who have said, because many of those panelists that I invited on have never, had never even been on a panel, had yeah. never been interviewed, have never spoken publicly. Mm -hmm. And some of these business owners, one of them had chains, uh, a chain, coffee coffee shop chain. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked. They never, ever told their story. And I remember how after that experience happened and numerous people came back and said, all of a sudden I started telling my story and wow. I, it kind of the floodgates opened yeah. and it provided more opportunity because then people showed up and said, would you come and speak to our, to our group or, oh, wow. okay. Yeah. yeah. So they ended up with speaking opportunities yeah. and, uh, and more opportunities to, to unpack that story to different audiences. So, so yes. So that's interesting. So by itself, telling the story, telling your story is not marketing, but it may turn out actually by telling your story, it becomes a key. And this is not surprising because I know in a lot of companies, the, the about me, they talk about, you know, tell about a bit about your business because that makes it that's impactful for people to understand the about part of your business. So, yeah. so it, it kind of takes that next level when they get quite personal about telling their story. Absolutely. Because then they're asked to tell their story again. Right. So yeah. And it does become a marketing tool. Yeah. I agree with you. So that's yeah. another I'm, avenue. I'm very that sincere. It's not, and you know what you want marketing. The best marketing is one that's not, it's, it's not all the show and the razzle dazzle is sincere. So, so part of, yeah. part of that is uh, kind of baked right into the storytelling then. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And I will say, you know, when you tell your story as part of your business, um, what I'm finding is that, and and we're all seeing this, that people want to deal with businesses that they know their values, where they know their backstory, where they kind of have some more information other than just the products that they sell. So what ends up happening, this is becoming a very powerful tool for companies to be able to, even through video, because we, we record audio and video. So even through video, having somebody's, uh, you know, using their story on their website or through social media and people connecting with that person in the business rather than the business is, is proving to be a very, very powerful tool. So anyone listening who wants a bit of that personal journey and tell their story in a personal way should be contacting you, but probably just as importantly, if they want to get, they really want to add that dimension to their business and their marketing, um, that's really something they should be thinking of. And, and it's really, uh, as a, it's interesting going back to why you chose to, you know, your coaching was different than others and the podcast is different because this whole storytelling is huge, right? So, yeah. so um, people should be connecting with you. If, if they want to hear stories and they want to tell their story, they should be connecting with you. Absolutely. I would be honored. I'm always yeah. honored to, to work with people who want to, to unpack their story. Um, it, there's just so many unique stories. And sometimes people don't feel like they have a story, believe it or not. And their story matters. And I'm here to say, Every single story matters and every single person has a story that matters. And there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. You know, and, and I think actually what, and you know, as we're talking through this, what you can add and really, cause, cause if anybody said, go tell your story, one is it's, if you don't want to talk about yourself, then you don't tell your story. You don't tell yeah. well. So working with a coach and working with someone like yourself really allows actually that to be a positive experience. Because exactly. I would say, you know what, saying, telling your story is one thing, but if you told your story and it was a negative experience, mm-hmm. you probably would never do it again. So, so yeah. I'm, as you know, as we're talking through this, I'm going, it's actually, it's, it's so valuable to have someone who kind of coaches you through that process and, yes. and tells a story because then it becomes a positive experience. So, uh, so way to go. It sounds like you found a, a consulting niche that, uh, that, that is different than others. And actually people could probably get a lot of value out of turning their story really into a positive, positive experience. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so me I too. Can't wait, I can't wait till the launch. So, so you say it's coming out soon. So, so where, where do we go? Well, for one thing, if they want to hear, if they want to just contact you about uh, coaching and just get a hold of you, how would people do that? So my uh, best way is through uh, Kim at channel one.ca or just my website, channel one.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the easiest. I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. I have a profile up there. So there's lots of different ways to get in touch with me. And then we'll post it on uh, part of this podcast as well. And, and then already the B-side podcast out there, it's on all the where, where do they find that? All the podcasting places? All the podcasting okay, places. Cool. So just look up your favorite podcatcher. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and plus, plus, plus. And then when is the, when is the uh, new one coming out? Uh, we are just on? collecting 10 people, yeah. like I said. Yeah. So if there's any of your listeners that's interested and want to jump on this kind of introduction 
to uh, being one of the first 10 on the platform. It's kind of a neat opportunity. Uh, as soon as we have those 10, we're going to go through a group coaching yeah. uh, time of four weeks. So yeah. I would say by early summer, like within another oh, wow. okay. month so and a half, yeah, we'll wow. be we'll be launched. Awesome. That's exciting. So we'll be watching for that. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm excited just, just chatting with you. Um, it really does. It gets me and hopefully others excited about telling their stories. So absolutely. Well, if, if, if that's the case, I've done my job. You know what? And I think from you're probably into hundreds of people now that you've coached one way or another, their story of them. And I don't think any of them have ever had a negative experience. So, so exciting knowing that you're actually turning this into a whole career. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. I so appreciate the opportunity to come in and, and talk with you. One of my favorite people. Well, thank you. I, you know, the sad part about your story though, is the Jersey and the Oilers. <laughs> so, you know what, if you ever want to, if you ever want to really turn your life around, join the flames and, and <laughs> it'll be onward and upward from there. So I knew you'd, you'd pull back to the, the, uh, the, the Jersey story, but uh, I'm quite proud still, but we'll maybe talk at the end of the series and see. Uh, see how uh, yeah, I guess there. so. This story is not done yet. Is it? This chapter is not done. It is not done yet. <laughs> Good. Well, thanks again, Kim. More to come. Okay. Thanks, Kim. And Rosemary, I'll hand it back to you. All right. Thank you so much, Ron and Kim. That was a great conversation. I hope everyone's had a chance to think of some good ideas from what Kim has shared with us. So hope everyone has a great rest of the day. Bye. Thanks, Rosemary.